This is your captain speaking. Welcome to another episode of DJ's Aviation Podcast. All systems are go, so lean back, grab a cup of coffee, and enjoy the show. This is DJ's Aviation Podcast. Everything aviation. Everything aviation. Aviation news, airline developments, analyzing route networks, expansions of airlines and aircraft news, and we talk about world events and life. DJ's Aviation has a Discord server that's officially partnered with Discord, and you can join with a link in the show notes or using the vanity URL discord.gg slash aviation. This is the DJ's Aviation Podcast, and now your host, Dan. So I just want to say a massive thank you for the opportunity to interview you. I've never done this kind of thing before, so I'd be lying if I said I wasn't somewhat nervous. Um, don't be, I promise I don't bite. <laughs> the questions today have come from my community, so I gave them the opportunity basically to put forward sort of areas of interest that they were interested in basically hearing about. Sure. Um, but obviously just as a first greeting and kind of to understand what it's been like for you, uh, we know airlines have many ups and downs. I can't imagine even launching one. And pairing that with the global pandemic, what would you generally say has been the biggest hurdle you've faced trying to launch Northern Pacific, maybe even during a pandemic? Well, we kind of look at the pandemic differently than most people do. For us, it's an opportunity more than barrier to entry. If you rewind and think about trying to start an endeavor like this in 2019, it would have been nearly impossible to be able to get slots and gates and just the infrastructure needed for an endeavor like this just wasn't available because aviation was at its peak. And it's because of the contraction due to COVID that uh, has really presented this opportunity. I think, to answer your question more directly, the, the challenge is when when does the world exit into a post-COVID world? And, and that timing, you know, obviously nobody knows. But we're optimists, and we believe that not only will we exit, because as a society we have to figure out a way to deal with this awful disease, but we have to find some way to get back to some kind of normal life, and we believe that's going to be this year. But not knowing exactly and knowing that we might have to pivot, that's probably the biggest challenge. No, I get you totally. I think, I think it's great to see that it's more of an opportunity rather than potentially a hindrance, which I'm sure for many people they could say it was, but it's uh, great it, to talk. Yeah, it's it's been it. awful for so many people, and I certainly don't want to minimize it, but for the opportunity to be a contrarian and, and kind of go business against the flow, it's, it, yeah. it's been good for us. That's brilliant to hear. Um, and sort of moving on from that, we know that the 757 is playing an integral part in Northern Pacific Airways, and later today we'll get the chance to be able to see that. Um, and while you've outlined some of the reasoning behind your decisions for the 757 quite extensively, so I don't want to ask you too much about that, um, how long into the future would you say that you will see the 757 flying with Northern Pacific? There's questions, will it be two years, five years? Have you sort of set out a time frame where you may want to move towards newer technology type of thing? Well, we're in talks to move to the newer technology today. I mean, we yeah. we, we got to be planning for that because that's, that's a pretty long lead time and endeavor to, to make a fleet change like that. <clears throat> I, internally, I've said I think we're probably not going to be able to scale Five sevens beyond probably 20 tails is the most we're going to do. Uh, emotionally, I would love to be the last passenger operator of 757s yeah, in the world. Yeah, Whether yeah. or not that happens or not, I don't know. But, um, you know, Delta's already said they're going to operate them for almost another 10 years. So, um, who knows? I don't see them going much beyond 10 years, but um, somewhere in that range. No, I get you. And I, trust me, it's not even, it's almost any aircraft. You, you just don't want to let go. Exactly. Even though sometimes you feel like you need to. Yeah. You, you don't want to at the same time. And uh, sticking with the 757s, a question that was very commonly asked is, 
with um, delivery slots and so forth, what would for you be the minimum number of aircraft you'd sort of want to begin operations with? Would it be you'd want to start with just a single one or would you potentially want to start with three, four type of thing? Well, we're, we're targeting 12 okay. that you know, we think probably we could still launch if we have uh, as few as eight, Okay, but not much skinnier than that. So a very rapid introduction then yes. if you're aiming to launch. Yeah. Sounds good. Uh, and I think one of the natural questions this could be if you're starting a a cookie company or a drink is competition, naturally. So um, cementing a place within this industry is always a tricky. It presents challenges like anything. Um, and you're looking towards Anchorage as a home with flights to the United States and Asia. So one of the questions was specifically focusing on those Asian destinations. How do you see yourself attracting passengers from Asia that will be flying through to Anchorage and then either onto the United States? Um, we know it's a market that can be tough at times. Um, and how would you see Northern Pacific being set aside from competitors in that? kind of uh, area. Uh, do you believe this could be achieved through niche destinations like we've seen with other airlines uh, recently starting up in the United States or what, what are your thoughts on that type of thing? There's several different angles. One of them definitely is the niche destinations because you know if you're talking about a secondary market like in Osaka or Nagoya it could be three or four stops to get where you want to go in the United States versus if it's a one stop over Anchorage or is now a shorter experience than um, you know comparing it to, to a, a direct non-stop kind of thing. We're also going to be in the LCC space so where our plan is that we're going to be a more affordable option for cost-conscious travelers, and maybe people are not traveling at all because it's not out of their price range. <clears throat> so we believe that we can we can spur new traffic that will then be loyal to us. And then we really believe our transformative attitude towards airline loyalty using cryptocurrency will bring a big following until two, then the other airlines end up copying that as well. Perfect. Yeah, I've seen that. It's always very interesting to see the initiatives being taken in a new company that sets them aside from maybe something that you can almost take a look at what other airlines are doing and I want to do this differently and that, and that can go for anything um, to do with that sort of thing. And, and following on from this question, which I think is definitely an important one when it comes to customers, is you're seeing Northern Pacific Airways launch and you're seeing a number of other existing carriers. Why would someone, let's say me or anyone maybe, what, what, what should, what's an incentive, pardon me, to pick Northern Pacific Airways, as in service, fleet, what, what's sort of there that may set you aside where I should look to myself and say, I definitely want to jump on board uh, one of your aircraft? Well, there, there's, there's several things. I mean, price being one of them, like very, a lot of people search on an online travel agency and they pick the one at the top because it's the cheapest and ideally that's going to be Northern Pacific Airways. We're also going to be able to offer the stopover opportunity. So anybody that's maybe had to see Alaska on their bucket list, but never really would contemplate, I'm going to carve off a whole week of vacation and, and travel all the way there just to see it. My add a day or two to an already existing trip to go see all the beautiful things that Alaska has to offer. I, I really think, though, not to be belabor the theme, but I think the cryptocurrency is going to make a big difference because we're, we're in talks now with both the Ted Stevens Airport and the city of Anchorage to be launch partners where we're going to get all the merchants to actually accept Flycoin as a form of payment. And so if you have airline loyalty that you can literally do anything with, trade it to other cryptocurrencies back into fiat or be able to just spend it, then that's a, that's a lot more value than a point or a mile that might expire on another airline. I get you. It's, it's a huge area. I mean, you can take a look at social media and the amount of people that are talking about that, it presents a great opportunity for you to then... Someone may look and be like, well, no one else is doing that, but this, this carrier is, so that's great. Um, two closing questions. One's definitely more of something that is influenced by me, as in I'd love to hear more about. Uh, and this is a very general question, so you don't have to go too much into detail, but 10 years is 
when I say it, a long time, but how you basically said at the beginning of the interview, it's a short time as well when you're trying to tie up new aircraft, you're trying to, you almost have to be playing for 20 years and even, even further. So let's say in 10 years' time, we came back here. Where would you want to be with Northern Pacific? Is that aircraft, maybe new areas, Canada, Europe? Is there, is there a plan that you sort of have for the next 10 years that you would like to achieve? There's a whole list of cities that we would like. We certainly want to scale our goals to as quickly as possible scale to 50 airplanes. We think that really gets us to, to a, a sustainable, defensible model where nobody's going to be able to just knock us out uh, of the marketplace. Um, we're all, you know looking at all, all kinds of new technologies. We, we've been in talks with Boom for possible supersonic uh, opportunities. So the you know as pardon the pun the sky really is the limit is like we want to be on the cutting edge of, of new things that we can offer the flying public. No, I get you, and I've but personally arriving into Los Angeles, the first billboard I saw was United uh, promoting the boom supersonic. I was like, wow, you sort of see the difference in the effect that newer technology, and I think that's definitely in recent years played a, a massive role. Yeah. Um, and this is just the final question really from me. I'm a very creative person. I love when it comes to branding, even just looking at the board that's sitting right behind you, and it's, it's great to see the design and the colours and elements of that. And I'd be lying if I said one of the... For me, one of the, the main factors to getting into aviation was the cool designs on planes, and, and whether that be sports cars, but definitely for planes and liveries, and having a livery that when you see at the airport, you like. So for Northern Pacific, delivery, how did it came, come about, and were there challenges in trying to find that perfect livery for you personally? There really wasn't. I, I have these awesome partners in all forward media based in New York, and they uh, they hit the, the design out of the ballpark on the first try. I, I just literally fell in love with it the first time I saw it. I thought it really represented what Alaska is all about and, and what what's on our hearts and, and really the theme of the whole airline. And, and there's been a few little minor tweaks, but it really, that the, the first time I... I it was revealed to me. It was like, that's it. That's the really? one. That's the one we're doing. That's that's. I honestly, I get what you're saying. If you find the right people and you sort of give them a brief rundown, they can pick the absolute perfect thing. And obviously, and obviously, I guess comparing it to other livers, it definitely stands out. So, did you ever at any point want to go down a more simple route, or was it always for you? We want to try and keep it to Alaska. He said that, and I've, I've read all about the livery so forth and what it includes and encompasses. And but for you, was it was it always about doing that at any cost possible, or were there opportunities to maybe keep it? Definitely simple? being cool and edgy is super important to us. That's just kind of the culture of, of our whole company and and the makeup of senior management. But then we, you, we had to also take into consideration, you know, cultural sensitivities and you know what will play well, you know, what plays well in. Uh, LA necessarily plays well in Seoul. So we really tried to make sure that we, we come up with a concept and a look and feel that was going to be appeasing to the widest swath of, of population. I get you. And obviously, for me, one of the main takeaways from what I've seen so far is how I personally describe it is the raccoon eyes, that it's almost like the black mask. Does that, for me, that oozes class. I've said it many times that it oozes class and there's just something about it. Would you say, but that's that's also a decision that comes about. You were speaking about crypto and how it's a whole different. It just it makes it feel more a businessy, if you will. And um, would you say that maybe plays a role as well? Certainly. Yeah. I, I, I know I upset a lot of the Boeing purists because the people now <laughs> think it's too much like an Airbus. But that that was definitely a part of it. Is just to mm. you know, give it that cooler, edgier look. No, I get you. And, and honestly, you could have a look at an airline like Air Canada. They've applied the exact same thing. So, but I can. Yeah. But but definitely for people, their association is Airbus. When you see that, yeah. but I don't think. That means it necessarily has to restrict to only Airbus aircraft. I think it looks great on the 757. Thank you. Yeah, we do too. And yeah, um, that's all.
all from me. I want to thank you so, so much for the opportunity oh, to interview you. I've never had this opportunity before, so it's great to sort of be able to ask questions and that I've always been on my chest. Well, and hopefully I can help you launch your career and you know, this will be the first of many. Thank you very, very much. I appreciate it. It's very nice meeting you. Yes, thank, thank you. you too. All good. Okay. <laughs> thank you very much. You did great. You've been listening to DJ's Aviation Podcast, one of the most unique podcasts on the internet, offering up your one-stop shop for all things aviation. We discuss aviation news, airline developments, analyze route networks, expansions of airlines and aircraft news. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We know we had fun. Make sure to like, rate, and leave a review. In the meantime, hook up with us on Twitter and YouTube at DJ's Aviation. If you're interested in rail, check out our second channel at DJ's Transport. Till next time.